The question that is, we're going to wrestle with today is what do you think God wants from you more than anything else? What is the thing, and you don't, don't answer out loud, but if I was to go around and pull you and for you to write down, the thing that I think that God wants from me the most is X, you might have some different feelings about that. That probably for all of the people who are in here, we might would have different answers. But this morning we're going to hopefully discover what I think is really the core, core thing. The thing that God wants from you more than anything else is this word right here, is your trust. Is your trust. If, if God could get you to do one thing for him, it wouldn't be to come to more church services. It wouldn't be to sing more songs. It wouldn't be to give more money in the offering. It wouldn't be help more old ladies across the street. All those things are good and, and important, but if there's not a trust element there, then all of that doesn't really produce any fruit. The, a, a lack of trust, if you go all the way back to the beginning, Adam and Eve, what was it that broke the relationship between God and man? It was a lack of trust. Because Adam and Eve decided, God, I don't think I can trust you with this. I think that you're withholding something from me. I don't think that you have my best interest in mind. And it's very easy for me, and it's probably easy for you, to go in that same direction. We'll come to church, and we'll open up scripture, and we'll even, we'll even believe that. But there's a part of us that says, God, I, I just am not 100% convinced that you have my best interest in mind. God, it feels like when I look at all of the options out there that are available to me, it sometimes feels like you're withholding something from me. And we get, and you would never, and I would never say this out loud, but our life veers towards, I don't think God can be trusted. I mean, absolutely, I'll, I'll trust him with eternity and, and trust him with sin because I can't really do anything about that. But when it comes to my marriage or when it comes to my career or when it comes to my money or when it comes to whatever it is happening in my life, I don't know if in that area you can be trusted. And so from the moment that trust was broken, when Adam and Eve decided, God, I think you're withholding. I don't think you have my best interest in mind. I don't think I can trust you. From that moment on, as we read through the scriptures, Old and New Testament, God has been trying to bring his people back to, I want you to trust me. I want you to trust me. I want you to lean into me. And when we see Jesus and we read the gospels, here's what we discover. It's not Jesus giving more commands. It's not Jesus saying, hey, you should do better and I can't believe you would and I can't believe you did this again. That's not what Jesus's invitation is. Jesus's invitation is not a be good or a to-do list. It's I... I want you to trust me. I want you to follow me. I want you to put your day in and day out life and put it in my hands because I have your best interest in mind. I am not withholding things from you. In the moment, it might feel like that, but ultimately, I have your good in mind. And so what we're going to discover today is that if we can move into trusting in Jesus, more than, just, more than just for our salvation, but with our day in and day out life, it will just transform 
your Christian life. It will put wings onto your Christian life because a lack of trust, it broke the relationship, but a realignment of that trust, saying, I, I'm going to lean fully into you. I'm gonna be confident in you. That's what brings us back into relationship. That if I put obedience before I put trust, it just becomes this heavy weight that I have to carry. That, that if I grit my teeth and say, I don't really want to, I don't think this is really worth it, but I'm just going to obey, but I still think you're withholding, boy, it just becomes a weight. But if we can start with God, I, I'm going to trust in you. And so the question that you have to ask and wrestle to the, question, wrestle to the ground, and nobody can answer it for you, is what is it in your life that you put your trust in? Because everybody trusts in something. If you imagine that your life is kind of like a ladder and what you put your trust in is kind of like the wall, you have to decide what is it that I'm placing the ladder of my life on and is it strong enough to sustain me? Is the thing, it, because for some people, isn't it true that some people will put their trust in money and as long as the bank account is full and all the bills are paid and I keep getting a raise every year and I've just got a lot of cushion, then I'm okay. And so I place the ladder of my life against the wall of money and for a while that absolutely works, but then you get laid off or you don't get the bonus that you were expecting or inflation comes and everything costs more or something breaks down and you had this unexpected bill or you had an unexpected hospital bill and all of a sudden what, what used to be so strong and so secure now doesn't feel as secure it's because maybe my trust was in the wrong place some people put their trust in relationships and relationships are wonderful and they're powerful and they're beautiful but sometimes relationships don't work out the way that you plan for them to and what happens if she decides to leave or what happens if they die. Then that relationship that was, that was good and added value to your life, if that's what you have planted your life on, well, eventually those end, right? Every relationship ends. And so they're good, but are they worthy of your trust? And is it worth building your life on? Jesus told the parable of two people, same area, same storm, and they were building a house. And one person built their house on the sand, and if you've heard the story, you know the ending. The winds came and the wind blew and knocked it down because it wasn't built on something firm. It was fine when everything, that house looked great. When everything was peaceful and everything was calm and there was no trouble and no issues and no stress, that house from the outside looked great, but when real life happened, we discover quickly it wasn't built on a good foundation. The other person, though, same storm, but he'd build his house on something different. He built it on a rock. He built it on something that could withstand the test of time. And when life kind of spun out of control and struggle came, that house remained. Not because he was a better builder, but because he built it on something better. And in our life, in my life, in your life, you have to decide, I have to decide, what am I building my life on? What am I placing my trust in? John invites us in these few five little verses. He invites us and makes a great argument for why we can place our trust in Jesus. That why Jesus is the one that when our life gets placed onto him, no matter what else comes, I can remain secure. No matter if it's my best day or my worst day or my most heartbroken day, I can be sustained 
not because outside is good, but because of what I've placed my trust in. And so again, if you wanna follow along, 1 John chapter five, verses number one through five is what we're going to look at, but just three things, just briefly, and hopefully this will encourage us and maybe convict us a little bit and move us to a better place. But trusting in Jesus, number one, trusting in Jesus brings me into the, the family of God. That, that's the first and most important thing, is that my invitation into the family of God, and we've talked about this through the whole series, and John just hammers it and hammers it and hammers it home, and so I'm trying to hammer it home, is that we can get caught in what brings me into the family of God is me being a good person. Or what brings me into the family of God is that, well, I'm a church person. Or what brings me into the family of God is I try to do more right things than I do wrong things. And John has said over and over and over and over and over again, that's not what does it. That you are invited. I am invited to be adopted into the family of God, but it is through trust and trust alone. This is what verse number one says. Everyone who, there's our word, who believes who places my life onto the life of, of, of Jesus, who says, I think that I can build my life onto the firm foundation that is Jesus Christ. Those are the ones that have become a child of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. Earlier in, verse, in chapter three, John said it this way, see what manner of love the Father has lavished on us that we might become children of God. You are invited to be a child of God. You are invited into the family of God and that transition happens because of trust. A lack of trust broke relationship between humanity and God and a realignment of trust brings it back together again. So the question that you have to ask is, am, am I trusting in Jesus, have I, have I ever stepped across the line of faith that says, I believe that Jesus is who he says he is and that he will do everything that he says that he will do. And if you have made that choice, if you have, you've, you've had a measure of trust. You've had to say, I cannot bear the weight of my own life. I cannot take care of the problem of my own sin. And so I'm going to place it on to something else. The Paul in Galatians, said it this way, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. And so he, he was a human, he had to do all of the things and be at all the right places. Why did God send Jesus? Well, to buy freedom for us, all of us, who were slaves, past tense. I, I've trusted in Jesus. And so there was a time that I was a slave, but because I've realigned trust, now I'm into the family of God. For us who were slaves to the law, so that, here, what, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. I mean, this, if, if we could just capture just a tiny little bit of this, that if it's true that God really did author the universe and put this whole thing in motion, and that same God has invited me and invited you, I'm gonna adopt you into my family. I'm going to make you my son. I'm gonna make you my daughter, not because of you, but because of me. Not because you did something great, but because I did something great on your behalf. I'm just telling you, it will change the way that we live. And why, what's the result of that? Because we are his children, I've moved from being a slave to being into the family of God. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts prompting us to call out, Abba Father. 
that, that God, I no longer have to relate to you as distant. I don't have to relate to you as absent. I don't have to relate to you as uninterested. I can relate to you as a child talking to a father. And he says, now you are no longer a slave, but here's what you are. Why did it happen? Because of trust. I'm God's child. Am I God's child because I came to the right church? No. Am I God's child because I was born in the right family? No. I am a child of God because what was broken, a lack of trust, I realigned it with trust, and now I've moved from being a slave to God's own child, and since you are his child, God has made you his heir. In other words, what God has available, he will give to you. And so when I trust in the Father, there's a few things that happen. These are not in the, the digital bulletin, but you can write them down if it's helpful. When I move from being a slave to being a child of God, what do we do? Well, we move from fear to love. That, that is, as, as slaves, individuals, might, I might serve God out of fear of punishment. I might do things for God because I'm afraid he's gonna get me, but when I'm a child, I, I, I'm, I'm not in fear. Do you want your kids to be afraid of you? Not really. I mean, you can make your kids do things because they're afraid of you, but there's no relationship there. And, and, and you can threaten your children and you can get them to behave themselves because they're afraid. But one of these days, they're gonna walk out the door and not wanna have anything to do with you again because there's no relationship there. And when I become a, a, a child of God, I can move away from fear. Okay, I'm gonna do this, I don't want to do this, but God, if I don't do this, God's gonna get me. Do I just know, man, my service, we're gonna talk about it here in just a second. What I do for God comes from a place of love. What I do, what I, the way that I behave, the way that I think, and the way that I talk, it just comes, not, from a, not that God's gonna get me, but God has done something so extraordinary on my, my behalf, I'm a child, and so it's my reasonable act to serve him. God's children, not only do we move from fear to love, but we move from distance to, to intimacy. A slave doesn't have a personal connection with his master. It's just distant. And the whole relationship is do this, go do that, here's what you're supposed to do next. There's no connection. There's no relationship. It's just a thing that I mark off the to-do list. But as a child of God, I have this close, intimate relationship with the Father, that I can approach him, the author of Hebrews says, I can approach him confidently. Of one person says that only a child dares wake up a king at three o'clock in the morning to ask for a drink of water. Slaves would never wake up a king and say, hey, it's three o'clock in the morning and I need a drink. It wouldn't go well. But children, my, my Adler, my little six-year-old Adler, he'll wake me up Anytime, he does not care. He will bother me, it doesn't matter what I've got going on, it doesn't matter how busy I am, it doesn't matter how distracted I am, my Adler will come and bother me, quote unquote, anytime he wants, because there's a relationship there. Not only that, not from, only from distance to, to intimacy, but from temporary to eternal. That, that if I'm just God's puppet, if I'm just God's slave, if I'm just kind of under his thumb, well, then he can just get rid of me anytime he wants. That if I don't reach his standard, then he can just throw me in the garbage. And he can say, I'll find somebody else. I'll find somebody else that'll behave better. I'll find somebody else that'll do it better. I'll find somebody else that'll preach better. I'll find somebody else. I'm done with you. But when I am a child of God, and I, it's not conditional. 
I'm in the family of God because I've trusted in what he has done, and so I am secure knowing even on the days that I don't do what I know I should do, I'm still a child of God. And even on the days that I know better and I do it anyway, God has not discarded me. He is still my father, and we move because of that from shame to acceptance is that there was a time when I was so ashamed. Look at what the, the travesty of my life and look at all the damage that I've left in my wake and look at all of the people that I've left behind. And so I come to God not, not in confidence, but I come to him in shame and I, I know I'm no good, but if you could just find it in your heart to forgive me. No, that's, that's a slave mentality. I am, you are accepted by the Father because you have placed your trust in Jesus. Are you accepted because you just became so acceptable? No. You are accepted because you became part of the family of God. You trusted in Jesus. And when you trusted in Jesus, when I trusted in Jesus, there was an instantaneous transfer that took place that I moved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. Sometimes it takes my behavior and the way that I think and talk and act a little while to catch up to that, but it happened instantly that you are, because of trust, into the family of God, and then trust, not only does it move me into the family of God, but trust leads me then to obey. And this is the tension that sometimes we have as people of faith or people that are kind of kicking the tires of faith or people that say, I don't want to have anything to do with faith because I don't want anybody to run my life. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. Yeah, I'm fine with heaven someday, one day, that's all fine, I'll leave that in God's hands, but don't tell me how to do my job. Don't tell me how to do my marriage. Don't tell me how to do my, my money. And here's, here's, here's what that just kind of highlights in our life. If that's ever a tension for you, and sometimes it's a tension for me, here's what this highlights. There is an area of my life that I don't trust God. Because when I fully trust God, trust is going to lead me to obeying him. If I really do believe that God has my best interest in mind, and if I really do believe that God is not withholding things from me, then I, okay, even if it doesn't feel right, even if it would go against what, what everybody else is doing, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to obey you. Here's what verse number three says. Loving God, I've, I've already trusted in him. And so it's not, I'm doing all this thing to earn his love. No, I've trusted in him. I'm part of the family of God. And from that place, you've got to get it in the right order. Don't try to obey before you trust because it's just going to be burdensome. If you ever found yourself feeling like the weight of what God has called you to do is just a burden that you are crippled underneath, it's just because you haven't trusted fully. All of the areas of my life that I say, God, what a hassle that I would have to do this. You mean you want me to... It's just a trust issue. But when I start from the place of trust, loving God means keeping his commandments. There is an important element of the Christian life that says, I'm going to live my life the way that Jesus has called me to live my life. It's not just about eternity, heaven. It's about how, how do you want me to ethically do this job? Other people kind of cut corners and kind of live in the gray area, but I'm, a, I'm following you and... 
if I don't cut corners and if I don't kind of do some under the table things and things aren't exactly illegal, but they're not exactly legal, they're just kind of in that gray area. If I don't do that, I'm, I'm gonna get left behind. I'm not gonna get the promotion. Everybody else is gonna get the bonus and I'm not. But God, I'm gonna trust in you. I'm going to lean on you and I'm going to lean into you. And loving God means keeping his commandments. And when I'm doing that from a place of trust, they're not, they're not burdensome. And I get, I get the pushback. And for some people you would say, the, and the reason that I'm not a Christian is because I'm not that interested in God running my life. And that is a reasonable, reasonable argument if, if I obey God out of a sense of duty instead of out of a sense of trust. If I'm just obeying God out of a sense of duty and oh, it's just a treasury and I've got to do this to get to heaven, I don't really, well, what a burden. But Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, but it starts with trust. And here's, here's what you need to know, is that God loves you more than you love yourself. Is that God loves you more than you love you. And so because he loves you, he wants good things for you. Every single thou shall and thou shalt not that we find all of through scripture. Do you know whose benefit's for? It's for your benefit. None of the thou shalls and thou shalt nots in scripture, none of those are for God's benefit. You know that, right? They're not making God better. It's not that God is up there, you know, elbowing the angels and saying, hey, hey, let's, let's make them jump through this hoop. It's gonna be hilarious. Well, I mean, let's really make them, let's really grind them down. That's, it's not doing any God any favors. Everything that God tells us to do, every direction that God tells us to go, it's for me, it's for you. It's not God trying to say, man, how miserable can I make their life? How awful can I make it? No, it's, I want them to end up in a better place. And if they go in this direction, they're gonna end up in a worse place. And so I'm telling them, no, go this way, go this way, this way. Trust me, trust me, trust me. Imagine this, that, that I've got, you've got some of you, you've got little kids. You got a little kid, imagine playing in the street and they're just totally engrossed in playing and you see a car barreling down the road at 60 miles an hour and the kid doesn't see it. And you are willing to, a, a loving father, a loving mother will command the child, get out of the street. Why would you do that? How dare you ruin that child's fun? How dare you ruin what that kid, he had, he had a sandcastle going. She was playing with some dolls. How dare you? miss up what they had going on. You love them more than you love than they love them. And you saw danger coming. And so you were willing to hurt their feelings in a moment for their long-term benefit. You might have even been willing to deal with a tantrum for their long-term benefit because you're a good mom and you're a good dad. And I only can see this moment right here right now. God can see the cars barreling down the highway. And so he will say to me, get out of the street. Stop it. Move in a different direction. Well, God, I'm having so much fun. I mean, did you see the sandcastle that I'm building? It's really, 
Get out of the street. I don't need you to argue. I don't need you to, I don't need you to, well, why? I don't see any problem. No, there's a car coming. So trusting says, even if I don't see the car, I'm gonna get out of the street. What I want my son to do when I tell him to get out of the street is I don't want to always have to explain, here's why. I don't wanna have to explain the mechanics of it. I want him to trust his father enough to get out of the dadgum street. And eventually he'll see, oh, there was a car coming. Good thing I love my dad. Good thing my dad loves me. You have a heavenly father that loves you more than you love you. And sometimes from love, he says, hey, get out of the street. And it might not make sense in the moment, but it's for your benefit. It's not for his. Jesus said it this way, man, if you love me, obey me. Just that simple. If you love me, obey me. And here's, 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 here's the challenge, and here's something to wrestle with, is that if your God can't outrage you sometimes, and if your God can't challenge you sometimes, and if your God can't move you in a direct, different direction sometimes, you might not have a real God. You, you might just have a figment of your imagination and the God looks like you. But a God that sees more than I can see challenges me. And a God that sees more than I can see is willing to offend me. And a God that sees more than I can see is willing to outrage me because he sees more than I can see. I don't wanna worship an idealized version of me. If I'm just trusting in me and only me, then I'm never offended, I'm never challenged. But when I trust in God, I'm part of the family of God, and then I, okay, if, if, if you're calling me to move in a direction, it must be for a reason. It must be for my benefit. There must be something that I don't see that you see, and so trust leads me to obey. Here's the last one. We'll finish up for the day. Trust. We've talked about this over and over again in this series. Trust brings me into the family of God. Trust leads me to obey, and then trust ultimately brings me home to heaven. Here's what verses four and five say. Every child of God, you trust that you're in the family, defeats this evil world. This, 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 this evil world, it's, it's leaving someday, and we achieve this victory through not our behavior, not that I've memorized a bunch of Bible verses, not that I was born into the right family. How do I achieve ultimately, ultimately victory? I do it through faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Well, only those that, here's that word again, believe, trust that Jesus is the Son of God. It's, it's that our trust helps us to overcome the world's brokenness. Our trust helps us to overcome the world's sin and pain. And ultimately, our trust helps us to overcome death. Can what you trust in do that? Can, can what you trust in bring you home to heaven? Is the thing that you've leaned your life on strong enough? Money can't buy your way in. Good behavior can't earn your way in, power and influence, they can't coerce your way in. I can trust my way in. How, how do I get home to heaven? I trust my way there. I don't work my way there, I don't earn my way there, I, I trust my way there. And I just lean into, 
if what you said is true, I'm going to lean into that. And on the day where I breathe my last, that means I breathe my first in eternity. And the reason that I can be confident about it is not because I've been on the scales and I've done more good than I've done bad. No, I've trusted. I've done trust. And, and the same trust that we lacked that broke relationship between God and man is the same trust that brings us back in to relationship. The greater you trust, your trust in Jesus, the greater your surrender. And we all have room to grow because it seems scary at first, right? I mean, nobody, nobody just wants to write a blank check for their life. It is, it is scary. You ever lost your credit card? I mean, that's scary because you never know. I mean, what are they gonna swipe? What are they gonna get? And, and the same is when I write a blank check of my life to the Father, it can be, it can be scary. I've asked Elliot, come help me just for a second. Let me see if I can illustrate this and then we're gonna go home for the day. This is my 12-year-old, no, 13-year-old son, Elliot. Thanks for helping me, Elliot. Now, I, Elliot asked me, Elliot asked me, well, what are you gonna have me do? And I told him, I'm not gonna tell you. It's going to be a secret for all of us. And so, Elliot, what I want you to do is I want you just to face this way. And have you ever heard of a trust fall? You've heard of a trust fall? Good boy. I want you to see if you would be willing to do a trust fall with me. Go ahead, swing it out, yes. Good, good work. Now, now, why was he willing to do that? Is because there was something in Elliot that believed his father was able to, he, number one, he was able to catch me. I'm strong enough to catch him. And here's the more important part. He was willing to catch me. I, I was strong enough to catch him and I was willing to catch him. The, the, the object of his faith was me. And so even if Elliot, same was true as you, even if Elliot had some doubts he was willing to say, I think the person on the other side is able and willing, and so even in doubt, all fall backwards. The most important thing for Elliot was not that he trusted so infinitely, it was that what was catching him was willing and able. You see, if Elliot just had 110% confidence, but it was Adler back here, my little six-year-old, if it was Adler back here trying to catch him, it, it doesn't matter how confident Elliot is. That trust fall isn't gonna work. And so Elliot is able to even have some doubts and even have some uncertainties and even have, I, I don't know, but I think my father loves me and even in my doubts, I think that he is, go ahead and do it again, I think that he's willing and I think that he's able to catch me. There was a great, great, great verse in the New Testament. Jesus is talking to a guy, and Jesus is gonna do eventually a miracle for this guy. And Jesus says, hey, do you believe? And the guy says, I believe, help my unbelief. There, there's part of me that absolutely, I, I do believe, but there's also a part of me that I'm just not sure. And so what I'm willing to do is I believe that even in the weakness of my faith, you're willing and you're able. A really strong faith with a really weak catcher ends in disaster. But even a weak faith with somebody that is strong enough 
and strong, someone that is willing enough will carry you through the future. Thank you, Elliot, for your help. I appreciate you. Here's what 2 Timothy says, and then we're gonna, yeah, 2 Timothy says, and we're gonna finish up. For I know the one. I've trusted in him. I know the one in whom I, here is our word, circle it if you got your Bible with you, underline it, point arrows to it. I know the one in whom I trust, and I am sure. I'm not sure of all the things that are going on in the world. I'm not sure how this is all going to work out and how are we going to pay the bills and are they ever going to get better and we always going to deal with this. I'm not sure about a lot of things, but I am sure that he's able. There's lots of areas where I'm unsure and there's lots of places that I'm uncertain, but one thing I am sure of, he's willing and he's able. He's willing and he's able. I believe help my unbelief. I believe that he is able to guard what I've, I'm just gonna entrust it to you until the day of his return. And so in in your life, I don't know how this kind of comes home to roost. Maybe it's for you, it's for your money. That that God, I, I, I mean, I will trust you with salvation and I'll trust you with with heaven, but when it comes to my dollars and my cents, I mean, things are so tight and Inflation is so high and we didn't get the raise and we're not, I'm just struggling to trust you. I believe, help my unbelief. In my marriage, God, my marriage is just, it just seems so much friction and there's so much tension. I believe, help my unbelief. Help me, Lord, there's an area of my life that you're calling me to get out of the road and I can't see any cars coming. I'm looking around and everything to me seems fine, but I just, there's just something in me. It just keeps nagging at me and nagging at me and nagging at me. Get out of the road, move in a different direction. And I can't figure out why you're wanting me to do that. And it just seems so fun because I'm playing in the street, but help my unbelief. And here's what you'll discover. And I can introduce you to some people who have discovered this and we're all still discovering it together, is that as I move and as you move towards surrender, surrender isn't something to fear. It's not something to fear. Surrender is where peace is found. Is if it's true that you're willing and if it's true that you're able to catch me, I I just have peace there. Pastor, I just don't know if I have enough faith. Help my unbelief. I, I just don't know if I have enough faith. But is, is Jesus willing? And is Jesus able? Are, are, can, can you take that little tiny bit of faith that you have? It's better to have a little bit of tiny faith with a really strong object of your faith than to have a really big, powerful faith and the object of your faith be fragile. And so I'm just gonna take this tiny little mustard seed of a faith, and God, if you're calling me to, to drop backwards, I'm gonna take a couple de- deep breaths and I'm gonna move in your direction because you are able to keep what I've trusted you with. And our goal, if we read the New Testament, our goal is not to know more, our goal is not even necessarily to do more, our goal is to trust more, to trust more. If you put anything else above trust, you'll just end up frustrated. If you put anything in front of trust, your life is going to be burdened down with what God calls you to do. But if you'll start with trust, if you'll start with trust, if you'll start with trust, 
everything else falls behind. And so the question that you have to answer is, can God be trusted? Can God be trusted? And for some of us, we've partially answered yes, right? We've partially answered yes, God can be trusted with heaven. The money's mine. God can be trusted with heaven, the kids are mine. God can be trusted with heaven, the career is mine. God can be trusted with heaven, the marriage is mine. God can be trusted with heaven, X is mine. No, can God be trusted? Is he willing and is he able to catch you? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, this is easy to, to preach, but it's sometimes difficult to live out. And so I'm praying for those of us right now who there has just been this nagging in us, this move out of the way, get out of the street. There's been something that we have been resisting and pushing back on. Lord, I'm praying that we would take that little tiny bit of faith and place it on the strong heavenly father that is willing and able to catch us. Lord, I'm praying that that little tiny bit of faith that you've placed in our hearts would be enough to do what you've called us to do, to just trust in you. Thank you so much that you have called us to be part of the family of God, that through trusting in you, we can become your son, we can become your daughter, that we can move from distance to connection. Lord, I'm praying that our trust in you would lead us to obedience that obedience wouldn't be a burden, that it wouldn't be this thing we're weighed down with, but that we would just trust you enough to say, you've got my best interest in mind. And if you're calling me to get out of the street, I'm gonna get out of the street. And Lord, ultimately so grateful that heaven is our home because of our trust in you. And so as we place that in your hands today, as we place our marriages and as we place our kids and our money and our careers and our morality and every part of us, as we place it in, our, in your hands, thank you so much that you are not only willing to catch us, but you're able. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.